0: He wanted to make sure that he this was as incendiary as possible. Piers Morgan had done a phenomenal job as a journalist, and he was building the relationship with Ronaldo over many years. He landed that interview because Cristiano Ronaldo knew what Morgan would do, what he wanted him to do. This
1: is Let Me Be Clear, the podcast about what to say and how to say it. In this episode, we look into the world of sports, a second attempt announcing retirement from an NFL legend and a shock sit-down interview from one of football's most famous names. Henry, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. For those who aren't familiar with the world of sports comms, just mm. describe what the role of a modern sports agency, sports comms agency looks like. What do you do? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's changed a lot since um, we formed the business
0: in 2002, 20 years ago, because the... The whole comms industry around sport has uh, uh, grown and matured, developed um, in infinitely when we first started, there was a real gap in the market <clears throat> helping rights holders, um, governing bodies, sports organizations uh, brands and sponsors you know with with pretty much everything and um, you know w- almost acting as, a, as an extension of a sort of in-house team um, on, on day-to-day comms comms work that, that's changed and evolved a lot so it's not so much the day-to-day work because the the these organizations have got pretty extensive in-house comms teams now uh, who you know very
1: very good at their job and in you know, a pretty extensively resourced what would a comms team within a sports organization a a sports club look like was it really very much something that was very underdeveloped at that time. Yeah. I mean, it'd be one or two people, you know, all of these. Representing a big, uh, a big brand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All all the rights holders. And they'd be so overworked and so resolved with just the day to day, just, they were just coping with just whatever was, was, would be coming at them, you know, from, from the sports, from from the the sort of sports beat reporters. And, um, and in fact, a lot of the people who had sort of comms directors or, or, you know, in a, in a, the, the league comms roles in a lot of these organisations, whether it be a football club or the FA or a, or, or, a, or a sports rights holder like, you know, the NFL, NBA, they're still very, very busy, of course, even yeah. though they've got a huge team, just because the amount of interest has grown as well. But they the difference is now they're much, they have a much, much bigger team of people. You know, it's it's much better organised. Um you know and, and and also i think the 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 CEOs and the you know the the, the boards of these businesses understand the importance of getting this
1: right yeah that's pretty impressive so let's have a look at your clips then um just give us a quick overview of the clip you wanted to talk about just just who is it what's the context of it just a brief summary for everyone. Yeah well, I've I chosen this one probably just because it just happened. I don't know when <laughs> this
0: podcast is is uh, out or when people are listening to it, but um, it's big news as well, right? But this is, is... February. It's the week of the Super Bowl. Last yeah. week, Tom Brady announced his retirement for the second time, and I just it just particularly stood out for me because obviously it's one of the world's greatest ever uh, sportsmen and one of the one, one of the sort of most followed athletes in the world. Not not at the level of uh, some of the footballers, but but it, he, he's right up there and. Um, and obviously there was, um, he retired for the f- f- for the first time 12 months ago in February 2022 and, and then unretired shortly afterwards. And there was, you know, there was quite a kerfuffle about that because also when he announced his retirement February 22, he didn't, you know, he did it sort of via sort of a, ri- a written note on, which he posted on social channels, but he didn't, he he thanked quite a few people, but he didn't really thank the Patriots fans and and where he would really right. so there was all, a bit of fallout. Yeah, from it. there was because obviously he'd obviously then gone on to play for the Bucks, but you know the Patriots is where you know he you know he'd had you know his his greatest success and you know and so there was there was there was quite a kerfuffle about all of that. But the good thing is oddly, well, bizarrely, he got a second bite of the cherry. Yeah, which is what he did. Here. Yeah, he did a second bite of the cherry. So then it was and then again I, I picked it because it was actually a brilliant piece of communication in fifty three seconds or something.
1: Well, in fact, before we continue the conversation, let's have a look at the clip now. And if you're listening as a podcast, I should say you can watch all of the clips in your own time, obviously on YouTube or whatever, but also on the Captured World website. If you just go capturedworld.co.uk forward slash, let me be clear, but let's have a listen to the clip. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that he's decided to do this, not as a press conference, not, not via the media at all, but just do it straight to fans. So, and from the sounds of it, the last time he did it as well, he also did it straight to fans by a note is that a format that increasingly sports, sports people are just, are doing They're, they're they're bypassing media as a way of, of communicating with, with, you know, the people who are supporting them.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you don't, they don't need to do press conferences or go to third party media anymore because over the past decade, these people have been the most followed people on the planet. You know, there's no bigger media channel than their own Instagram page or Twitter feed. You know, so they've, you know, they've, they've, very quickly realized, you know, they, they don't need to, um, you know, to, to, you know, in the old days you would have to sort of do a press conference in order to get your message out. And, and then obviously it gets filtered and edited by third parties, but now, you know, they just need, they can do this. And it, 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 these people are very savvy about it. It's, you know, he, he worked with a production company, on a lot of social media content he's produced for his own channels over
1: the past few years. So, despite the fact that looks as if it's you know filmed just oh I've, I'm just going to take out my phone on this beach and film this because I'm feeling the moment. This, you reckon, this would have been a planned Yeah, a planned production essentially. Not reckon it's is <laughs> definitely out of it. Yeah, because obviously, bit by bit, he's been
0: planning and and working towards what he does post retirement. And um and you know some of the, he's he's posted some phenomenal clips over the past few years of some of it looks like to be um photoshopped and edited you know with trick shots and things a bit like the dude perfect type yeah. content and um but you know he's he's launched his own brand you know which has got a fitness and health brand and, and and protein shakes and lifestyle pieces and so you know he's 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 really over the past couple of years been building you know his own kind of branded empire. Yeah. And and he, he knows his own channels are, are, are vital to, you know, to fueling that. And so, yeah, he, for him, just being able to talk directly via his own channels is
1: is the way to go. And why do you think when they were, when he was sat around with his team, uh, his media team, his production company, did they decide to do it now? Or a week ago, was it? So February, early, late January. Well, he did it.
0: I think he, he did it because... Um, you know, it, partly from, from a sporting point of view, you know, he, he you need to you know, the his current team, the Buccaneers, would have needed to know, you know. So there's a practicality, yeah. There's probably a one year contract extension on the table, and it's like sign it by so and uh, X date, or else we're going to have to go and sign another quarterback for next season. So probably that that the the the, the sports you know time frame was probably a driving factor uh, most of all. Um, but also he probably did it then because this week is Super Bowl week, so it's you know it's catching the media. Yeah, so it was it. like there's a little window where the week, but you know there's a, there's a couple of days. So he did it in that midweek. He posted it on the Wednesday midweek. So the, the all of the coverage around the playoffs has finished, and and you know he he deliberately posted it on probably the quietest sort of news day from a from a football American football media point of view. It's again the, the, to, to make sure he. You know the the story was 100 percent about Tom Brady in his retirement. I felt at the time it might be because he was going to then straight away but take up his role for Fox as a as a, an analyst because they've got the exclusive rights to the Super Bowl this yeah. year. But in fact, actually, they they they're not doing that. And I think um, it's primarily because because his his five year contract with Fox I think starts from next season. So they probably have to pay him even more money to 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 do <laughs> to come a bit early. But also because he's a perfectionist and everything that he does. Uh, I think he probably doesn't feel as he's quite ready to be to do the punditry role yet. He's clearly right, so going to train pra- and practice on yeah. it and maybe going straight into being, you know, because again it's it's you're uh, you know you're under the microscope and, and 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 I'm I'm sure Tom Brady Tom Brady he'll want to be the best pundit there ha- ever has <laughs> been. And yep. so he probably wants to prepare properly for that rather than just going straight into the Super Bowl. But I think he did it then because it was like I say a footballing uh, time frame but also you know, he he wanted to make the biggest impact he could because, yeah. you know, that's what he was you know, aiming to. Yeah. It doesn't look like he was doing that. And again, you know, the tone of it was so, I think just, you know, it, it makes you like him when you watch that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, he said that was the thing that, uh, the, the, the key thing that I noticed was in the messaging of it, the way it had been either written or off the cuff, but I think, as you're right, there, there clearly had been some prep around what he was saying. It almost was a bit self-deprecating in the sense of, yeah. he says, you know, I know the process was pretty dig last time. You only get one chance at a big emotional farewell and I used it up. He there's a self-awareness of I know I've done this all before, you know, I know this is yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna try he, and do it He said that, but then chokes up. You yeah, know, like you know, you know <laughs> yeah. So um and
0: I think you know he's worked on it because he he isn't the most likable character. You know, right. not because because he's been so successful, you okay. know, and also because he's sort of almost a metronomic in you know, almost in terms of you know his success as calm with just this. You know, he's just so fiercely competitive. I mean, it's 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 laudable and incredible, but you know, it it can it can make people kind of um, you know have some animosity towards you. Yeah. You know, when you've achieved success, not just through natural talent, but also through just you know his um, work ethic, which is it was unfair because you know f- fair play to him. But so I, I think there's definitely a little bit of taking the edge off him
1: with this. And in terms of. The detail of it, you know, it was short. It's about a minute long. Uh, and he, he comes out with the announcement straight away, pretty much now mm. I'm retiring. And then he goes into thank yous, but he doesn't really elaborate on the why on, and, and why now and, you know, in terms of him as a, as a sportsman. Mm. Um, why do you think it was so lacking in detail? Uh, I assume like the previous time, it was a l- when he was doing this written format, it was a lot more detailed as to why he felt now was the time.
0: Yeah, there was a bit more detail, not much, but I, I, I definitely think... He probably he thanked everybody but nobody in it and he probably <laughs> learned that from the first time because yeah. if you start name checking anybody you have to sort of get it right so he yeah. kept that very generic. And um yeah, it's it's it it did leave more questions than answers. Yeah. You know, and from you know you that you really want to dig in, you know, you know, why now? You know, could you not have gone for one more season? Do you do you regret not retiring when you did the year before because this season hasn't been that good for him? You know, right, okay. you know, uh, you go into the detail of what was on the table for you. Could you have moved from the Bucks to another team for one last, you know, last, last dance? There's a, a whole line of questions that haven't
1: been answered. And... Um, why, do, well, why do you think that was left... Why do you think the decision was made to, to do this short, concise... Because he probably doesn't want to go into those, you know,
0: because yeah. because, you know... Yeah, that's why you don't want to have to do press comments because you don't want to big you know he just want he, be he wants to you know, in and exactly. he wants to move on with the things that he's doing with his life and and you know he he may answer those in, in future um and he has done a bit with some interviews he's given with Fox ahead of the Super Bowl. Right. So, you know, and, and so he you
1: know he's, he's saving them for some of his paymasters. You know, so, so just it, for context, Fox has signed a deal with him to basically be a pundit for them. Fox has paid it's a uh, big money big money him deal. The,
0: uh, the 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 largest ever TV contract in the history of sports anywhere in the world. They've paid him $357 million to be the, the front man for Fox's coverage of the NFL over the next four or five years. The, the coverage of the NFL in the US is very competitive because all the networks have rights to the NFL. They all compete with each other, you know, to be the number one NFL broadcaster, which is difficult because none of them have exclusivity. Right. It's, you know, obviously, this guy in the UK have more of a, you know, exclusive position as the Premier League broadcaster. So. So they spend a huge amount of money on their coverage of the NFL and and competing to have the best lineup of pundits.
1: So would it have been possible then? Is, is it possible that Fox, as part of the deal that he's done, the three hundred seventy five million dollar deal or whatever it is, the you know the reveal all the kind of the details? Yeah, he's he's already might- given
0: he's given an interview with them subsequently. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so, they were- so no, he's not going to be talking to other you know broad, you know he's he's now a a, a Fox guy. So he may not be, you know, the, uh, being the main pundit for the, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, for the, on, on Sunday, um, because he prob- doesn't probably deem himself to be quite ready. But he's already given
1: further explanation to Fox, and that's probably where he'll he'll do most of his formal which talking. works for him, I suppose, because he then controls when when the information comes out. He can he can control the flow of information yeah. when he's ready to about why he retired, the circumstances surrounding the the the, the, the bridge between his first retirement and second retirement, yeah, and, yeah. Totally. and the fallout. What's I mean, happening, and in fact, being being paid for it. Yeah, which is the, just finally, then before we move on to the next clip, if you were there sat in the room with Tom, Tom Brady and his team, mm. would you have advised for him to have done it a very similar way? Yeah, I,
0: I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have said any, any different, yeah.
1: Fantastic. The, I, th-
0: I think, but also it's difficult because I suppose he would have had a very strong point of view on how he wanted to do it. And um, it's a very personal thing, Yeah, you know, retirement for, for him. And so, and again, because he, you know, he may have taken some advice, and you know, or or had a different view on it the, the year before. So it's, you know, I I however he I, you I would have probably had the view on however he wants to do it is the right way. Yeah, you know, and sure. then
1: you make you you plan around that, and that's the thing of the the authenticity factor. You know, it has to work. For whoever it is who's actually, you know, particularly when it comes to retirement, it's a very personal thing. It has to be authentic and yeah, be done in the way that the sports, the sportsmen yeah. or sports. I mean, I don't was. know
0: if anyone was there alongside him, but it seems that they weren't. Yeah, it does. I mean, even the fact that a plane flies overhead midway through it and they don't stop and read. it feels organic. It, it, yeah, it, really? it does because it's like you have to. The plane's a bit annoying when you, l- you listen to it because he can't, you know, slightly mask what he says momentarily. But, you know, like if you were really doing that, you would, oh, let's wait for it not to be a plane and redo it. But the fact that it seemed like it was a one-take wonder and it was just him standing there with it, which, which may have been the case actually when it came to do it. Yeah. But obviously, you know, this has helped with,
1: you know, how it's pushed out into right. the wider so. world. But, um, just, just, yeah. It's just fun fact for it. While I was looking, looking at the clip, someone went to the beach that he did, that he shot it at and collected some sand. And I think is selling it on eBay as the Tom Brady retirement sand and I yeah. think it's actually racked up a fair amount of money. I've... So fair play to whoever that was who thought I'm going to go to the beach and get some sand. Yeah. Um but let's have a look at the next clip now. This is the one that we've we've brought to the table. Yeah. Um so this is part from part 2 of the Piers Morgan Cristiano Ronaldo interview he did with Talk TV a sit down interview. There's probably some interesting stuff we want to talk about the way he handled this dispute he had with his club at the time, which is Manchester United. Am I right in saying you're a Man United fan? I am, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It yeah, will uh, be interesting to hear what your thoughts. But let's have a listen to the first clip, which is the lead-in from Piers into the, uh, the second part of the interview. Cristiano Ronaldo turns up the heat. He sensationally reveals he has no respect for his current manager. He calls out Manchester United's owners, the Glazers. He talks candidly about his future at Old Trafford And the World Cup in Qatar. But I begin
0: with a very personal question. Do you have more pounds in the bank or more Instagram followers? (laughs)
1: It's a good question.
0: (laughs) Probably similar, I don't know. (laughs) Probably similar. First of all, just maybe just on that clip, it does really sum up how ghastly the whole thing was, wasn't it? (laughs) Both. um, It's just as the opening question, it's just like. Okay, well, right. P- Piers is amazing as a journalist, isn't he? You know, like to, and we'll come on to that, but to, to got that scoop and to get the, con- not just got it, but to get the content he gets out of it. And, but even that, to, to know that that question, I mean, most people would answer that question by going, neither is important. Yeah, But of course he absolutely nails it with the question because Ronaldo you know, grins from ear to ear, yeah. and and clear, and, and answers actually both, and and it's like oh, straight away you go the fact that the fact that he cares so much about being the world's most followed man, it, you know, is it was, it was probably why he is, yeah. because he Really cares about it, but the fact that also, even though he's you know he's got more money than he'll ever need, you know, it's still really important to him the financial side of things, and so clearly the the decision to to um to, to go to Saudi Arabia. You know, was was driven by yeah. you know the, the commercial offer on the table. So,
1: um, there was. So there was. Was it a? He says in the interview that he likes Piers Morgan. So it's almost like a personal thing. His reason yeah. to to do God, the interview it, with Piers. It's a profession, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a, It's.
0: A, he likes him because Piers is a convenient outlet for him, it, and, and for him to be able to. And in this instance, you know, he, he he's he's deliberately doing an interview in order to be in breach of contract so that, you know, he can have his contract terminated to enable him to negotiate a new far more lucrative one, you know, as as quickly as possible. But now he could have, yes, he could have just done this via conversation, been absolutely definitive to Manchester United and said, you know, I I want to leave. I want to go anywhere else where I want you to terminate my contract, but under the contract, they wouldn't have done that. They would have probably, they would have wanted a transfer fee for him. They would have been more of a rank. It would have complicated matters. He just wants to be, to, to be clear to go. But, to do that with a third party media outlet as opposed to on his own channels yeah. enabled him to be able to say, I
1: just was answering questions, questions that were given, g- to me. were given to me. And it makes a lot more sense that the fact he, the decision was made to go for Talk TV and then Piers Morgan uncensored. Because it's a very combative style of interview. It's, a, it's the type of interview which you know Piers Morgan is going to throw questions in a way that he's going to want to, if he can, ramp up the tension where there is known and reported so, yeah. um relationship problems, which is of course with the manager at the time. Um, and we'll have a look at that clip in just a second. But in terms of the media planning of it, it makes a lot of sense why Piers Morgan would be a good interviewer for an interview if you're wanting to essentially create headlines and Correct. get yourself out of a contract.
0: Yeah, and 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 not just the interview itself, but the way it was going to be you know spun and promoted across the channel. So it would, it would, it would have that desired effect. I mean, you've got to consider the a similar process in his head, perhaps uh, if, if you, you know, most recently there's been a lot of um, analysis of the um, uh, Diana interview uh, with Martin Bashir, you know, all those years ago. And, and the decision, uh, if you'd watch the Netflix series, the decision to, to, A, for her to do that, but to do it with the BBC. And, you know, his pitch then was that BBC had the authority for, to, for Diana to choose to do it with the BBC, not just BBC, but with Panorama. Yep. Gave it a lot more credibility. And, you know, similarly, Ronaldo could have gone. Well, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this with something a bit more, you know, officially. Yeah. Could have he could have gone to a BBC, but he 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 wanted to make sure that he this was as as incendiary as possible yeah, with a bit and, more bites And then also, like he, you know, Christian uh, Piers Morgan had done a phenomenal job as a journalist. You know, he he's building the relationship with Ronaldo over many years. Mm. So you know that you know he got that interview, he landed that interview because
1: because Cristiano Ronaldo knew what Morgan would do, what he wanted him to, and do and sports. Sports people uh, when it comes to interviews when it comes to, to putting out news, to what extent is it that, that balance between I want to do it with this journalist because over the, la- over the years I, have, uh, I feel I have a good personal relationship yeah. with them to it or, or is it my media team advise me that we're better off going to this station or this outlet or this journalist how much does the, does, does the sports person I think have when a- they're, when they're
0: up and coming
1: you know there's going to be more advice because they may not
0: have those relationships so you're beholden more to the advice you're being given yeah and you know the relationships that, that are being introduced to you yeah you know and and also you, you know you you don't really know any different if you're an England footballer then on duty with the with with England the FA's media team organise, you know, the interviews we'll after, or what yeah. the things that happen.
1: Or obviously your agent's involved as well and, and your team, but you you know, you But uh, personal relationships is, does still hold a lot of currency, particularly when you become more experienced Once you become more
0: Once yeah. you become more experienced, of course, yeah, yeah. once you
1: know what's going on. And, and people like Ronaldo and Tom Brady, at that point, you know, they, they know
0: what they're doing themselves. They've been yeah. around a long time. You know, yes, they have, um, you know, a commercial team, advisors, but they, they do what they want to do and they know. So, you know, I I don't... Cristiano Ronaldo does work with a sports PR company, um, Caroline McAteer. Uh, and, and, but, but whether Caroline advised him to do that or whether she just helped to and spin it and promote yeah. it, I think it's the latter. You'd have to ask her <laughs> specifically about that. Because I think he just, it's more like he's doing this and yeah, he and makes it happen. Make it happen but then, yeah. then it's like, by the way, I'm doing this. So you might want to just help with what we're trying to achieve here. Um, And and he does that because, you know, over the years, like Piers has directly built that relationship with Cristiano and it's not the first time he's done an interview with him, you know, so it's, you know, this is a, you know, this is a a second or third interview he's had with him. So, you know, that relationship is very strong.
1: Let's just have a look at a second uh, clip from this interview, uh, which is specifically, you know, you saw the, in the Piers Morgan talk up the introduction there, he, the top line of it was about the relationship with the manager and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, and this is the key bit of the interview. So let's just have a look. The empathy with the coach is not good. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You don't have a good relationship with him. I'm not mean good relationship. The empathy is not, it's not good, let's say. Do you think he respects you? I think you don't. you don't respect the way I should deserve. Um, but it is what it is. This is why probably... The, the game against Tottenham. I'll well, like, so what was interesting there is he used this line, the empathy is not mm, good. And mm. when Piers said, do you not have a good relationship? He didn't actually engage with him on that, that, you know, that, that sentiment. Like, I know I do not have a good relationship. He just repeats, the empathy is not good. Why do you think that he was using that line, that kind of use of language there? Well, because I think there'd been an issue around the, the illness he had to his daughter in the
0: summer. And then um, they gave him the time off But then, you know, there was, he probably felt that that he wasn't straight back into the team because he hadn't done the full preseason or something. And and I think he probably felt that that he was alluding to the fact there wasn't enough empathy around that situation. I think probably also because, you know, the empathy, the fact that, and the the respect point was the fact Mm. that he is, you know, the greatest goal scorer of all time. And therefore to be a substitute for, you know, you know, it was also, you know, something that he couldn't, he couldn't, um, Come to terms with. I don't think. I think he just probably felt that, you know, he deserved better than that. But yeah. but there was definitely an an element of anger and animosity in relation to the you know that what happened in in, in the summer. But a, a lot of exactly what happened is quite hard to know because it happened behind closed yeah. doors. And, and and at the end of the day, you know, it's been good for everybody to be frank. You know, because um you know the obviously sub, the subsequent contract you know Ronaldo has been able to secure. You know, was you know, sort of a three times pay rise. Yeah, and
1: um, you know, which you know is is not always is always good. Um, no matter no matter how a bit deep your big your bank balance and. It, but in terms of sports people, when they go to clubs, when they're working with managers, is there an un? I mean, it might be written, it might not, but is there a code which is you don't comment negatively on other members of the team or managers? Yeah, well, I, 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 is I, is an unsaid rule, or is it actually yeah. something that you know? Yeah, it, there are.
0: Um, you know, um, would be terms in a contract around not, you know, uh, defaming or derogatory public comments in relation to the club, its owners and what have you. So he, he's clearly in breach of contract, but regardless of what's in a contract or not, yeah. you know, it's there is an unwritten rule. You never criticise, you know, publicly, you know, the gaffer, yeah. you know, and, and he, he, you know, is bor- born up by Sir Alex Ferguson and, yeah. you know, is famous for selling anybody who deemed to even, Bring his name into it. You know, famously, Yap Stan, when he was the best defender, you know, in world football at the time, said some derogatory marks around Ferguson or around the way he was bought in his autobiography whilst he was at the club. And you know, he was two minutes later, he was on the plane in Milan, much to the detriment of the the team at the time. But you know, it was done for the sake. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't think he breached a contract then. It just was like you when so uh, Ronaldo is doing that
1: purposefully. You know, to 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 make a point and 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 knowing um, that that's the that is high because of that reason, it's going to be the top line. You know, yeah. or it's going to be the thing that is Piers Morgan is going to latch onto. That is going to be what he's going to say first. As the list, you know, watch this interview because that's going to be the headlines that come out. Of it yeah, and, well.
0: that, and criticizing the owners, which you know it was a part that was it was good again for the United fan base and might have been one of the the number of things that have subsequently led to the Glazers, you know, putting formally putting the club up for sale. So. You know, there's, there are lots of positives that came out of this. And if, if that did contribute towards that, then it could be one of the best things that's happened to, yeah. to the club. But he, he's also doing that on purpose because just to make sure that, you know, that that, that, that termination of the contract that he was after, you know, was, was going to follow. Which, yeah. again, obviously the club actually, to their credit, acted very, very quickly afterwards and were definitive. Yeah. And, you know, back to the point that it was a difficult situation, but they handled it very well and they moved on. And 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 there's nothing more to be said about it. It's that he has to go, and we've just got to move forwards. Yeah. And um, so you know, it's sort of it was it was it
1: was a huge success for Piers Morgan. It, it was a it was a weirdly it was a win win. It was a short term headache for Man United, but and fundamentally it, it was there was it, it was an issue that needed to be resolved. Yeah. And what Ronaldo did was force the hand. Correct. Through- yeah. Whereas, if if the deal hadn't happened in the
0: January transfer window, now we'd still be dealing with every game. With Ronaldo yeah. would be sitting sulking on the bench, probably,
1: and probably causing more media yeah. headlines. Yeah, causing more headaches right. and more time. Yeah. So actually, the big sudden shock factor of that yeah. interview, as you said, resolved. Yeah, it, it's probably
0: didn't. On. It didn't need to be quite as you know uh, gory as that. You know, and and, and 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 as negative, It could have been dealt with differently. But regardless, it. It was, and like I say, it was very awkward and not good for the Man United brand for a, for a, for a week. But subsequently, you know, everyone moves on pretty quickly, don't they? Yeah. And he, you know, and he's he's on a new journey and an agenda in in Saudi Arabia, and 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 it actually strengthened the hand of the manager at Manchester United, and you know, they move forwards. You know, I'm sure.
1: Um, you know, it's it's sort of it's raised the bar. You know, of giving an interview to you know Football Focus and, like. and and in the US, just very quickly before we finish up, in mm. the US, am I right in thinking that sports people have a lot more free reign over what they say and how they talk to the media? Yeah. The UK is a little bit more. Yeah, I mean there are you, more, there's more understanding around what you don't and do say. Yeah, I mean you would you would you if Tom Brady had ever publicly criticized Bill
0: Belichick he wouldn't have been a patriot for much <laughs> longer. So that doesn't change. But yeah, in the US there's a lot more access open access to the changing rooms of the locker rooms oh, right, and okay. and you know in and around game time there is there is more access. Um and you know and, and you know they you yeah, know they're, they're, they're there's the the interviews athletes can give tend to be more animated and you know um yeah, they it can, can be more colourful. You know, the, our interviews tend to be a bit stuffy and stayed and, and quite limited. Yeah. Um. So there is a difference, but it's 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 changing a little bit. I mean, certainly the broadcast interviews around the Premier League now are on the pitch, you know, yeah. after the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was something that happened with COVID. And it makes it a bit, you know, rather than
1: just being in a tunnel with a sort of step and repeat ball behind you. It makes and also you going full circle to what we started uh, at the start of the podcast, you know, I think we had Harry Kane on the weekend. He actually gave a message to fans from the pitch, uh, pitch straight after his match. I think you know yeah. the idea of actually, I don't need to do, I don't need to go to a pre- to the press to actually say hey, what I thought of this match or how I'm feeling. I can actually talk to fans directly through my social channels or whatever.
0: But it's and also interesting just to pick up on the point. It's still a, a, an important role for the for the press and the media and uh, around it because, as you say if they all just do that you know a lot of the questions that people want to have answers to not
1: get well, asked it, well, yeah. well,
0: won't be asked in the yeah. first place so that is their role and and to to bring that out so so yes it's great that they can do that and that, that that's that's obviously something that can happen instantly and you can have that direct access but I also think supported with people being you know and I think that that should come with the salaries that people are commanding and the and the roles that they play in 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 life you know is like I think the only reason there's so much you know money in the the game the, you know in the sport is, is because of the extent of the media coverage and the level of interest.
1: So yeah. but, but you can't sort of have one without the other. Really interesting. Just before you go, what would be the, from everything we've chatted about, there's a lot of nuggets in there, but what would be the key tip from your industry, from the sports industry, you would give to someone who's, who's about to, a sportsman who's about, or sports person who's about to go and face the media? What would be the, the, the key thing you would say? I, th- I think
0: you have to be, have real clarity of what you're trying to achieve. What's the message? you're trying to get across and, yeah. and, and remember that at all times. So what's the, what's, what am I trying, what am I, why am I doing this? What's the point of it? Yeah. And, and then deliver it clearly, authentically, naturally as possible. Yeah. You know, so that it's, it feels like it's coming from you rather than another thing that's pre-prepared or, you know, I'm probably the worst example. We've talked about two good examples for different reasons, you know, but, and so a top level sports person, you know, was the Tiger Woods press conference in 2010, where you know that was you know him doing a formal press conference, apologising for everything that had happened at yeah. that time, and you know if you re- remember that, it was scripted, it was overly
1: managed, to the point way of, you know, overly mechanical. managed. It wasn't
0: quite clear what the outcome of it was going to be. You could tell he was sort of being forced to do it. He didn't really you know, just it it was awful.
1: Yeah. And, and I think and, the currency of authentic is so much more important now. There's such you know, people expect authenticity. They from, do from their spoke from spokespeople, more generally actually. Yeah. But
0: it really helps, I think, for them to be really clear about what they're trying to achieve from it and get out of it. Yeah. And um and, and, and then and then that gives you the focus to to make a you know a, a point with as much clarity as possible.
1: Henry, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This has been It's been really interesting to hear how your industry uh, and, and your side of the, the PR and comms world works. So thanks so much for coming on. Uh, and thanks so much for listening. This has been uh, Let Me Be Clear, the podcast about what to say uh, and how to say it. And we'll see you again very soon. Let Me Be Clear is created by Captured World. My guest was Henry Chappell, founder of Pitch Marketing Group. Get in touch with any ideas about the series via email. Let me be clear at capturedworld.co.uk